Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Exodus 12, 26-28 reads, When your children ask you, What does this ceremony mean to you? You are to reply, It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, and he spared our homes. So the people knelt low and worshipped. Then the Israelites went and did this. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. My friends, Our theme today is this. Salvation is a free gift of divine mercy, totally devoid of human merit. And our response should be worship. (laughs) That gets us to our first full episode of October 2023. This is episode 2132 and today's little bit of our journey together through the Bible, reading through every single bit of it in a year and considering our own life and work stories in light of the big story. And my friends, we are in some big parts of that big story right now. All right. And those opening verses from Exodus 12 that we just read are a reminder of exactly what our theme is that we catch from our reading in Matthew. Salvation is a free gift of divine mercy, right? Totally devoid of human merit. And as we pick up in the narrative, Jesus is literally now en route to Jerusalem, um, where we know ultimately (laughs) here in a few chapters, uh, he's going to be crucified on our behalf. We pick up in Matthew 19 at verse 13. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Leave the little children alone and don't try to keep them from coming to me, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After placing his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then someone came up and asked him, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? the man asked Jesus. Jesus answered, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all these, the young man said. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go, sell your belongings and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, It'll be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can be saved? 
And Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, See, we have left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. And my friends, that gets us up through the end of chapter 19. You know, something just struck me. Um, We often think, oh, this is the parable of the... Yep, we often say rich young ruler, right? Here's this rich person. And, but interestingly, we often think about that just as a function of about money, right? And we sometimes think, oh, then money's not good. Or it's, it's better to be poor than to be wealthy. But where does that whole story end up, Right? At the very end, Jesus says, well, unless you have left, and this is kind of that binary Hebrew way of, of, of communicating, if, unless you've left your house and brothers and sisters and mother and father and fields and because of me, then you're, right? Now, is Jesus saying you shouldn't have fields or children or parents or not take care of your family? No. So what is the parable of the rich young ruler talking about? It's not talking about money. I mean, the, the immediate issue was money. But the more core problem was an issue of the heart, right? Because you could have no money, but prioritize other things in a way that get in the way of you following Jesus. So salvation Free gift of divine mercy, totally devoid of human merit. And then I tacked on this. Our response should be worship. Now, that's what we read in that passage in Exodus 12. Now, listen, this is good, good news for all people, not just believers, but unbelievers as well, right? Because all of us should live our lives by relying on God's mercy and not our own works and efforts. And here, as we transition to our Old Testament segment, here's that very end of what we read before in the book of Exodus chapter 12. When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? You are to reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and struck the Egyptians and spared our homes. So the people knelt low and worshiped. My friends, our response to God should be worship. And today, let's pick up in, we're picking up in um, Exodus 12 at verse 29. And I want you to just hear the nature of this story with regard to God's action on our behalf. Now at midnight, the Lord struck every firstborn male in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, 
and every firstborn of the livestock. During the night, Pharaoh got up, he along with all his officials and all the Egyptians, and there was loud wailing throughout Egypt, because there wasn't a house without someone dead. He summoned Moses and Aaron during the night and said, Get out immediately from among my people, both you and the Israelites, and go, worship the Lord as you have said. Take even your flocks and your herds as you have asked and leave. And also, bless me. (laughs) That just strikes me as funny, huh? Now the Egyptians pressured the people in order to send them quickly out of the country, for they said, we're all going to die. So the people took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading bowls wrapped in their clothes on their shoulders. The Israelites acted on Moses' word and asked the Egyptians for silver and gold items and for clothing, and the Lord gave the people such favor with the Egyptians that they gave them what they requested. In this way, they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites traveled from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 able-bodied men on foot besides their families, and a mixed crowd also went with them, along with a huge number of livestock, both flocks and herds. The people baked the dough they had brought out of Egypt into unleavened loaves since it had no yeast. For when they were driven out of Egypt, they could not delay and had not prepared provisions for themselves. The time that the Israelites lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that same day, all the Lord's military divisions went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of vigil in honor of the Lord because he would bring them out of the land of Egypt. And this same night is in honor of the Lord, a night vigil for all the Israelites throughout their generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner may eat it, but any slave a man has purchased may eat it after you have circumcised him. I'm going to pause. My friends, if you've ever heard your pastor tell a congregation before communion that communion is for believers and that if somebody's not a believer, they can just skip it, that's, this is where this comes from, right? This is a, a statute from the Lord to Moses and Aaron saying that no foreigner may eat it. Now, it just then goes on, but any slave a man has purchased may eat it. Meaning even right here, there is provision for non-Israelites, meaning Gentiles, to be part of the kingdom. The question is, are we going to be part of God's kingdom on his terms, or are we going to demand our own terms? So that's a, probably a separate topic. Continuing, <laughs> the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner may eat it, but any slave a man has purchased may eat it after you have circumcised him. A temporary resident or hired worker may not eat the Passover. It is to be eaten in one house. You may not take any of the meat outside the house, and you may not break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate it. If an alien resides among you and wants to observe the Lord's Passover, every male in his household must be circumcised, and then he may participate. He will become like a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person may eat it. The same law will apply to both the native and the alien who resides among you. Then all the Israelites did this, 
They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. On that same day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt according to their military divisions. And the Lord spoke to Moses, Consecrate every firstborn male to me, the firstborn of every womb among the Israelites, both man and domestic animal, it is mine. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day when you came out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, for the Lord brought you out of here by the strength of his hand. I'm going to say that again, my friends. That's the, that's in keeping. That's our theme today, right? This is Moses said to the people, Remember this day when you came out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, for the Lord brought you out of here by the strength of his hand. Nothing leavened may be eaten. Today in the month of Abib you are going out, and when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites, which he swore to your ancestors that he would give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you must carry out this ceremony in this month. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there is to be a festival to the Lord. Unleavened bread is to be eaten for those seven days. Nothing leavened may be found among you, and no yeast may be found among you in all your territory. On that day, explain to your son, This is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. Let it serve as a sign for you on your hand, and as a reminder on your forehead, so that the Lord's instruction may be in your mouth. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand. Keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. And when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and to your ancestors, and he gives it to you, you are to present to the Lord every firstborn male of the womb, all firstborn offspring of the livestock that you own that are males will be the Lord's. You must redeem every firstborn of a donkey with a flock animal, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. However, you must redeem every firstborn among your sons. In the future, when your son asks you, What does this mean? Say to him, By the strength of his hand, by the strength of his hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of humans and the firstborn of livestock. That is why I sacrifice to the Lord all the firstborn of the womb that are males, but I redeem all the firstborn of my sons. So let it be a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead for the Lord brought us out of Egypt by the strength of his hand. And that gets us up, my friends, through chapter 13, verse 16. Our response, my friends, should be worship. And I think the question here is one of remembrance. Right? How often do we pause to remember what the Lord has done? Our wisdom segment today, and we're going to get back to a little more normal. <laughs> September was totally not normal around here, but 
Our wisdom segment today is a, a longer psalm, which is Psalm 105. And this is going to take us a little bit. This is going to, frankly, it's going to take us over time. But it begins with the hymn David gave to Asaph and the temple choir on the day he moved the Ark of God to the city of Jerusalem. And it then moves to a historical proof of God's faithfulness of his covenant promises to Israel. Remember, if salvation is a free gift of divine mercy, totally devoid of human merit, we should spend some time remembering. And today we're going to close doing now what they did then, remembering with a song. Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell about all his wondrous works. Boast in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgments he has pronounced, you offspring of Abraham his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. He remembers his covenant forever the promise he ordained for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree and to Israel as a permanent covenant when he said, I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. When they were few in number, very few indeed, and resident aliens in Canaan, Wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf, saying, Don't touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. He called down famine against the land and destroyed the entire food supply. He had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, and they hurt his feet with shackles. His neck was put in an iron collar. And until the time his prediction came true, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent for him and released him. The ruler of peoples set him free. He made him master of his household, ruler over all his possessions, binding his officials at will, instructing his leaders. Then Israel went to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful he made them more numerous than their foes, whose hearts he had turned to hate his people and to deal deceptively with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his miraculous signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and it became dark, for did they not defy his commands? He turned their water into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land was overrun by with frogs, even in their royal chambers. He spoke, and insects came, gnats throughout their country. He gave them hail for rain and lightning throughout their land. He struck their vines and fig trees and shattered their trees with 
of their territory. He spoke and locusts came, young locusts without number. And they devoured all the vegetation in their land and consumed the produce of their land. He struck. He struck. He struck all the firstborn in their land, all their first progeny. And then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and no one among his tribes stumbled. Egypt was glad when they left, for the dread of Israel had fallen on them. He spread a cloud as a covering and gave a fire to light up the night. They asked, and he brought up quail and satisfied them with bread from heaven. He opened a rock, and water gushed out, and it flowed like a stream in the desert, for he remembered his holy promise to Abraham, his servant. He brought his people out with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. And then he gave the lands of the nations, and they inherited what other peoples had worked for. All this happened so that they might keep his statutes and obey his instructions. Hallelujah. And my friends, that is Psalm 105. If our theme today, my friends, was that salvation is a free gift of divine mercy, totally devoid of human merit, and our response should be worship, I want you to listen to this very last verse of this long psalm again. All this happened so that they might keep his statutes and obey his instructions. Hallelujah. My friends, that's what happens when we are saved from the pain and penalty of sin and death. It is so that we might obey and worship. Amen. I love you, my friends. Amen.